This episode of Talking Shop, episode 107, is brought to you by 419breaks.com. Guys, we had Young in 419, a.k.a. Todd Young, on uh, about a month ago, and we were discussing how he runs streams on Twitch every Wednesday and Saturday at 6 p.m., and what he does are Pokemon breaks where you'll order packs uh, on his site, and uh, once they come over, he'll pull them out, he breaks them, and then he gives you the hits, which are your, your holographics, uh, and above, there's there's different levels, V, V Max, there's rainbow cards, the whole nine yards. And obviously, the uh, the higher level you go, um, you're making some bucks. You know, uh, I've, I've said it a bunch of times before. I had a Charizard pulled on stream before and ended up making 400 bucks on that. And I think I paid $10 for the pack. So, you know, um, as some people would look at it as, a, you know, like a gamble. And I know a lot of people are in it for the actual uh, collection and stuff. But, uh, yeah, like I said, you go on to 419breaks.com. He'll have a bunch of different uh, Japanese and American sets. Um, really reasonably priced, too, because a lot of these guys on, on Twitch and everywhere else, the, they'll buy up all the packs in the stores and then just price gouge you. But uh, these guys over there at 419breaks, they they uh, they take care of you. And uh, he also has something called a hitbox, where if you spend $25 or more with him, um, each increment of $25 will get you one hit from his hitbox and the hits, like I said, are those cards that I was talking about, the higher value cards, the the, the full arts, the, the holographics, your VMAXs, rainbows, gold cards, whole nine yards. Um, and a lot of times, if you go in there and, and order that stuff, you uh, you know, and, and you might not get anything too special in the packs you bought. That hitbox is going to save your ass. You can come back uh, most likely paying for the packs that you just bought or even making you some money. Um, Dylan, you just got kind of introduced a little bit, um, after Ty went on, you won, you won the TSP pack battle, but from what you've seen, obviously, uh, and, and have experienced on the streams and, and buying off them. I mean, you'd probably agree with my sentiments. Yeah. Absolutely. Bobby. And as the reigning and defending TSP pack battle champion, I 100% agree with you on all accounts that you have just laid out for the TSP listeners. 419 breaks. I'm telling you, you don't even have to be a Pokemon enthusiast. As Bobby's mentioned, there's some high value here. So it's just like buying stocks on Robinhood. You know, we talked about investing on previous episodes before. This is just doing the same, but having a little bit more fun in a community on Twitch as well at the same damn time. So Bobby, absolutely 100% agree. And there it is. So you listen to the guys from TSP. Um, go in there, like I said, twitch.tv slash youngin419, Wednesday and Saturday, 6 p.m. Go in there, buy packs, let, watch them get ripped, um, enjoy some great conversation, and maybe, you know, make a few bucks. We'll see. It, it's uh, all about how Lady Luck treats you. But, um, yeah, the fine folks at 419 Breaks are sponsoring episode 107, so we had to make sure we salute them. Um Again, one more time, it's 419breaks.com. Visit them. Make sure you always tell them that TSP sent you. Dylan, I think it's time to start the show, baby. Let's get it. We're talking shit, baby. Every episode, I promise you, it's lit, baby. Every week, get some shit you can't miss, baby. Dylan Bob, still a vibe. Podcast game solidified, no cap. All fact like a snapper. Stream us on that Spotify or Apple, tap in. Roll 
roller coaster ride, strap in. We gon' take you for a ride, just take this shit in stride. All topics, sport the current event. Tell me who more current than this. Good luck with the mother shows, this the best one. Your sister and your brother knows. We talking shot, we talking shot, we talking shit, baby. We talking shot, we talking shot, we talking shit, baby. We talking shot, we talking shit, we talking shit, baby. We talking shot, we talking shot, we talking shit, baby. Yes, sir. Talking Shop, episode 107. I'm your host, Bobby Hall. And with me, as always, that's the DYLF. Dylan, what's going on, man? You heard him right. That's the DYLF. The DILF is here in the TSP arena. Let's go. It's time for 107. Bobby, the second cut of the season. That's the mowing season. Uh, the best season. The smell of fresh cut grass. I'm telling you, the second cut was better than the first cut. I was able to kind of lower the blades down a little bit, lower the deck down a smidge. Um, and, you know, push mowing, it's I can it's manageable. But when you see your neighbors just fucking doing laps around you with their zero turns, it really makes me want to invest in one. Uh, maybe not even a zero turn. I might not go that fancy. But a riding lawnmower of sorts, of something, of some kind to kind of make that chore more into more of like a a Sunday drive in the lawn. Interesting. Okay. All right. I treat uh I treat push mowing as uh you know a form of exercise these days. So that's how I that's look true. at it. And I think um I I had planned to mow I think midweek, and that's when Ohio went and shit all over us, man. We got fucking snow. Yeah. We got snow, oh, dude. Five inches of snow. I woke up I think Wednesday morning, and my truck was covered. And I think it, it had rained before the snow came. So all that rain, moisture, and then the snow on top of it weighed all these fucking tree branches down. So I wake up and some pretty decently sized branches had snapped off the tree in my neighbor's yard that hang over our yard um, about a foot away from my truck. So uh, that could have been pretty bad, you know, maybe some dents or something even worse. But uh, fortunately, uh, no damage there. But uh, you got what a up wild scene. What a wild scene, man. Um, and then by the, by the end of the day, I would say 75% of it was melted. And then, um, you know, by midday the following, it, it was all gone. So what a, what a wild, uh, what a wild week, man. But I guess in, when it comes to Ohio, you, you can't, uh, you can't not expect shit like that. Yeah, that's a nice, how do you do? Welcome back to Ohio, Dylan, because yeah, that, what a week. Is this experienced all four seasons basically in one week or two in the span of two? Uh, it is, and it's about to be like seventies and eighties, I believe, going into next week. I, I saw in a couple highs, but yeah, I mean, luckily that did not hit your truck, Bobby. But if it did, luckily you have got hooked up on some good insurance. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, I just jumped to a to a, a different insurance agency after being with uh, the same one um basically my, well not my whole life my, my family's been with the same company my whole life and we just finally uh switched over because i just start making some calls around for home insurance man because you know uh we're getting close which i'll give the the latest update on that here in a minute but called over um a friend of mine that i went to high school with started uh in the insurance business gave him a call and he ran some numbers 
and basically was like, dude, we can give you more coverage and, and more benefits and stuff for basically half of what you're paying for right now on auto, which blew me away. Um, I, I can't believe the, uh, the the amount that I was paying for for auto insurance, but I just that's just all I knew, you know. Um, I never really thought to to really call around, so I was just shelling it out every month and just was like, yeah, this is this is the going rate. But uh, lo and behold, man, um, just one phone call changed it up, and basically the amount that um, they're um, charging me or will be charging me for home insurance um, per month. Like what I'm saving on my auto insurance is going to pay for damn near all of my home insurance, which is just it's awesome. And at at the end of the day, too, uh, I get to help him out. And obviously, once my parents found out what uh, what kind of money he was saving me, she, my mom called over and basically had the same same stuff, and um, is was is saving an, an astronomical amount of money jumping over as well. So uh, win win, man. It was very very exciting, man. That's uh you know. Um, exciting adult shit, you know, insurance, saving money on your insurance. Hell yeah, dude. That's great news. And it kind of reminded me of, uh, Jen and she, well, I mean, Florida insurance altogether is just crazy expensive, but she just finally recently switched her address for her insurance from Florida to Ohio. Got all hooked up. Same insurance. I think we go with Geico and, uh, they basically went, she went from like 180 ish. I don't know the exact dollar amount, but it was in the 180s as a high one, 100s, sub 200s, whatever it was, but down to $27 a month. So that's an unbelievable marginal gap. Florida is just, they price gouge you over there because that's just how they make their money because there's no state tax like there is in Ohio. So they kind of up the ante in their insurance um, and definitely the DMV company altogether, BMV, whatever you call it. But yeah, good news, man. That's great news. That saving money is always great. Saving money on utilities and bills means more money for fun and enjoyment. Fun and enjoyment, or just you know, because um, obviously I'm getting, I'm gearing up, man. We're getting closer and closer every day, but uh, you know, I'm gonna have to uh, get, get figure out what what color and paints and all kinds of different shit and. Get uh, you know some things done to the new crib very soon, which um, I I have a our home appraisal because I guess the the lender has to get the house appra- appraised to make sure everything's on the up and up. Um, that's happening on the thirtieth, which is uh, next next Friday, and as long as nothing crazy happens, the scheduled um, closing date would be the following following Friday. So fingers crossed. There's, you know, there's nothing officially just yet. Um, but there is um, a planned uh, closing date, so we're we're close, dude. We're super close. Oh, yeah. Um, it just kind of sucks because all these appraisers and stuff. There's just so many fucking houses that are getting bought up that they they're just so busy. That's why you know we, we kind of had to wait a couple weeks. Uh, talk about job security right now, man. Fuck those guys. Uh, they're going to be fine for quite a while at, at the way uh, these houses are going up and. Um, interest rates are dropping so good good on them but yeah we're uh, that's the update on that but uh dylan i don't want to take too much time i got actually have one thing i want to get into it's just uh, i guess a new segment i don't know if it'll be a weekly thing uh, i won't necessarily kind of be like looking out for these people unless, but if they come to me like it did yesterday um they're gonna be what i'm gonna call the fucko of the week man 
and uh, there certainly was one yesterday. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell this story real quick, and then we'll, we'll bring on our guest, uh, Brian Castle. Very very excited to uh, get, get get it going with him. But um, yeah, man, fuck all the week. Um, most of you should know uh, what a fucko is. And probably some people listening have been a fucko of the week at some point in their lives. I'm, I'm sure I know I have uh, multi time. But uh, yesterday, driving at work, uh, I need to to enter the highway there. A guy's driving up on me. Um, he's got the right of way. Turn signal is right, going right, and that's the way to get on the highway. So I'm, I'm letting the dude do his thing. And as he approaches, he turns he turns left. He he has his right turn signal on, and then he turns left. And I, could, I couldn't believe it. I don't know what the fuck was going on in there. Real fucko move. Uh, like I said, first inaugural TSP fucko of the week nominee. Um, like I said, if uh, if, I, if I do notice something or something comes, you know, approaches me on that uh, aspect, or Dylan, same with you. Like I said, uh, don't necessarily, you know, you don't even gotta go out and look for stupid shit to happen, but. A lot of times these days, that stuff just happens right in front of your eyes. So, uh, yeah, fuck all the week, man. I couldn't believe it. I, I you got your right turn signal on and you fucking turn left. Wake up! <laughs> really pissed me off. Now, now is this really kind of like a, a rendition of like the cuck of the week? Would he be considered also a cuck? No, a cuck no, 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 no. This is a fucko move. Um, cuck of the week, that's the guy. There's more layers to that a little bit. So I mean they're they're maybe in the same neighborhood. Um, but yeah, I mean Cuckoo there's more there's more layers to it for sure. Okay, okay. Well fuck that guy, man. Wake up. Unbelievable. And I'm sure he was on his phone, you know, by fucking off. But uh yeah, you know, I, I got things to do, I got places to be, man. If you're gonna if you're gonna fucking turn your right turn signal on, that's the fucking direction you're turning, okay? Don't go left. Period. I ain't gonna get all worked up though. You know, it was yesterday, water under the bridge, but uh fuck all the week, you know, first one. But uh anyways, you know, we got another tremendous guest. We've had a great line of guests the last I think five weeks. Um banger after banger. The conversations have just been incredible. Uh, shout out again to, to Darren last week. Had a lot of fun talking to him about what was going on there in Texas and just, uh, you know, what he's been up to. Um, been awesome catching up with uh, with people. And that's exactly what I'm going to be able to do again this week. Uh, this is a gentleman that uh, this, this is actually the first time we've probably talked in over 15 years. It's been a very long time. Uh, we went to high school together and... Um, I followed I followed him uh, along uh post high school kind of what was going on he's he uh hit the the independent wrestling scene there just like Sam Beal actually was uh a teacher slash uh trainer for him so uh we'll definitely have to bring him up and uh, get his thoughts on your boy there Dylan but uh yeah no uh, without no further ado we have Brian Castellan with us today my man it's been a long long time coming I'm very excited to uh to have you on uh, excited to talk some shopping, man. But most importantly, we're very appreciative uh, of you giving us some of your time, man. Welcome to the show. No, nah, man. Thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. It has been about fifteen years. You know, like I graduated in two thousand five, and so we're now at sixteen almost. So thanks for making me feel old today. That's why I said fifteen, man. I was trying to make it a little better. You know, 
but, but more than 16. But uh, yeah, no, it's uh, I it, it's I've been wanting to get you on for a long time, and uh, was was very thrilled when you said that you were interested. And uh, I mean, you know me, dude. I'm I'm uh, I'm a big wrestling guy. I've been my, pretty much my whole life. So having Sam on uh, was a lot of fun. And um, you know, come to find out, you guys not only you know work together, but you you help train and, and teach him. So there's kind of a a bridge there. So we definitely as soon as I found that out, I was like, yeah, we gotta get him on and. Uh, Talk some more wrestling and, uh, you know, the whole nine. Yeah, Sam's great. I, uh, you know, we opened Skull and Bones Wrestling Academy. It was uh, a guy who helped train me, uh, Justin Carnes, who wrestles as Crimson. And then uh, Trey Miguel is from Impact Wrestling. He's the uh, co-head trainer. And then, uh, as Justin likes to call it, I'm like, I'm one of the assisting coaches, Um, but you know, I, I, you know, I assist with the training and I can help the guys flesh out ideas they have in their heads. And uh, I love it. It's, you know, I've been wrestling for 16 years. So it's pretty much right after I got out of high school, I started wrestling and now I'm glad that I'm at a point in my career where I'm able to help guys and uh, help other guys and girls get better. And it's been a true joy. That's what's up, man. Um, Crimson, I remember it, you, Crimson. If I remember right, I used to watch it every. It was like it used to come on um, Sports Time Ohio. I used to watch it at home. It'd be like yeah, midnight. It was it AIW. No, it wasn't AIW. It was started out as Pro Wrestling Ohio, and then uh, okay, that's right, PWO. Yeah. And and then it became Prime Wrestling. Uh, probably about a year and a half into like us being there, but. Uh, those some of those the some of those shows were some of the most fun I I had in all of my wrestling career, you know. And it was national television, really, as long as you got the sports package on Directv or whatever. But yeah. uh, you know, g- uh, great talents came all a whole bunch of great talents came through there. Uh, Johnny Gargano, uh, Greg Iron, who is a part of Four Four O. Uh, we had the, uh, recently passed Brody Lee, uh, was on our show uh, out there and just so many, so many big names and talents. Now it was a really a critical part in my development of who I am as a pro wrestler. And that actually was the first place I wrestled as, uh, the world's most huggable wrestler, which is my character now. Yeah, man. I used to enjoy watching it. Uh, I remember kind of seeing uh, Legends roll through there, too. I remember seeing um, The Hammer. He was on there one time. Um, and then uh, definitely Kevin Nash, which the, the, I, the I never I can't remember the, the name of the host. You might be able to help me out. But he had one of the one of my favorite uh, interviews of all time with Kevin Nash. I think inside of like Johnny Organo's parents restaurant. Um, oh, it was, uh, it was Joe Dombrowski. Uh, Joe Dombrowski. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, that's like one of my <laughs> and, one of my uh, favorite interviews. Uh, I, I I've watched that a million times. And, and uh, yeah, that interview was quite insane. But it it, it yeah. that uh, was also the uh, greatest opportunity uh, for me. It was the first time I met Nash and uh, Crimson, who had traveled with uh nash in the uk introduced me to uh 
Kevin and uh, we hit it off right away. And uh, he and I have been friends since. Every time I seen I see him, it's like we haven't missed a step. And uh, I've actually stolen every single move from Kevin Nash in a match, and he did not get mad. Even the uh, even the little corner fucking hip movie does Every, everything. So uh, we were traveling with him to uh, a show up in Michigan. We were going to Bay City, Michigan, and uh, it was me. It was uh, Crimson who, who, like I said, he set the whole thing up. And Nash, we're all riding in a car. We picked him up from the Detroit airport, and I think. Another local wrestler, Benjamin Boone, was with us as well. So we go up to to the show. Um, we are sitting at our merch tables, and I come to find out that Nash is just doing an appearance. He's not actually wrestling. And I had just gotten thrown onto the show. I was just going to hang out. They asked me if I could wrestle, if I had my gear. I said, of course, and got thrown into this tag match. So once I found out Nash wasn't wrestling, I look over to Crimson, who's painted in his garb and looking as the embodiment of evil as he can be. And I just go, so since Kevin Nash isn't wrestling, I have to do the jackknife powerbomb, right? (laughs) He leans over to me and goes, no, dude, you have to do all of his moves. And mind you, Kevin Nash is sitting three feet away from both of us. So here I am on my phone at the merch table looking up the top 10 moves of Kevin Nash. Uh, and in our tag match, I say, guys, I'm doing all of Kevin Nash's moves tonight. He's going to get a He's going to get a good laugh out of it. I promise you. Uh, I don't care what else I do. All I'm doing is Kevin Nash's moves. So we run the match. Uh, I do the whole nine. I do the elbow in the corner, the, the Choke with the boot, big sidewalk slam, uh, snake eyes in the corner, and then jackknife powerbomb. And the guy kicks out at two. Yikes. That's Kevin Nash's finish, and I had the guy kick out at two because why wouldn't I? Yeah. (laughs) Come to find out he's doing his appearance right after my match. So I'm like, oh, this just works out great. So after all said and done, I get back to the locker room and he comes back from his deal. And I just ask him, I said, Hey, Kev, uh, did you see my match? He looks at me, slaps me on the shoulder and goes, you know, something kid, if I had had that move set when I was working, I probably could have been something. And I was like, cool. He got the joke. No man. And I just walked away. I was like, he got it. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Um, but I don't want to jump too far ahead, even though it was a while ago. I want to c- kind of go back uh, to, to the beginning there because I'm, I'm interested to kind of see how you, uh, you know, uh, went about the the road there, the path. But uh, before anything, I've always wanted to say this to you, and I never, I just, I don't know, I don't know why I never did. But back in the time that we were in high school, especially the class that you were in, um, and probably the, the, the couple previous. Uh, there were a lot of D-bags, a lot of assholes who, uh, you know, said a lot of stupid shit to not only you, but really everybody. I got, you know, a brunt of it is also, and a bunch of, you know, a lot of my friends as well. Um, shout out to my guy, Anthony Anderson. He was on a few weeks ago. 
Um, you know, I, I kind of used to sit there and watch some of the shit that they'd say um, as like a sophomore. And at the time, I, I, I kicked myself for never really standing up or, or ever saying anything. But, um, you know, you took your fair share. And from what I've seen, I mean, obviously, it could have been different behind closed doors. But from what I have always seen, you know, you kind of took it and uh, you always stayed positive and you never kind of acted out or stooped down to their level. Um, and I'm I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. And some of the people that listen to the show are, are probably some of those people. And it seems like they've, they've grown out of that. Uh, hopefully, but I just, I just wanted to commend you, man. Um, you know, uh, you were one of the people that, uh, you know, took a lot of bullshit and, uh, kind of just kept stepping, man. So, uh, that's just the one, one sentiment I wanted to toss your way before we really dove into some shit. I appreciate that, man. I really do. You know, I mean, it's high school, you know, and it was four years and it was over. And as you can, I mean, as and this is not a disrespectful thing to you, but that's part of the reason why we haven't spoken in 16 years. I got out, moved on. And that's uh, the best. I, I put my head down. I started working hard and went after what I wanted, which is pro wrestling. There it is. And then the, the funny thing is, too, and it's kind of how it always works out, is the, a lot of those guys that were, you know, the big honchos back in those days are, are still in, in the same same spots, you know, and uh, really doing, uh, you know, working some shitty nine to fives and just a shell of what they were uh, back in those days. And um, probably still, you know, assholes. I don't know. But uh, other than like my circle of friends, I'm, I'm kind of with you, man. I, I didn't uh, I didn't keep in touch with v- v- very many. It's kind of pointless. Um, but anyways, I just I wanted to throw that out. I've always wanted to say that. And um, we'll, we'll get I appreciate back to it, it, man. Though. It means a lot. Hey, no, no doubt, man. No doubt. Uh, that's just which what I see with my own two eyes. So, and some I remember vividly, even, even back then uh, with your old ass. Anyways, um, wrestling. I remember we, we had a couple chats back in the high school days. Um, I, I think that's kind of what uh, where there was a little bit of a bond there. Um, we, we we'd had some chats about wrestling. I remember a lot of a lot of uh, Steve Williams. Um, matches and, and stories being told to me by yourself and uh, me still being kind of the, the, the attitude era slash, you know, um, ruthless, you know, aggression. That's kind of where I was floating around at that time. I'm sure everyone. But um, when when did you decide that, you know, wrestling wasn't just something that you enjoyed watching, but was something that you wanted to try to, you know, put, you know, all your eggs in, in, in that basket? 1992. Legitimately? I, uh, swear to God. I've always wanted to be a professional wrestler. It, I went to my first live show at the Toledo Sports Arena. And uh, Ultimate Warrior is in the main event. So I guess probably it was probably a B show. So we didn't get Hulk Hogan, but we got the Ultimate Warrior. Um, saw it. That sounds about right. Fell in love with it. Immediately knew this is what I want to do with, with my life. I want to be a pro wrestler. And then, uh, you know, I can't, I would constantly say it over and over and over again. And, um, even in our June, my junior year, uh, they did a 
photo of me in our high school yearbook where I put one of the other kids in a torture rack because I knew I could do that safely and told everybody I, I wanted to be a pro wrestler even then. Yeah. Who was that? It was a uh, J- Jeremy something. Oh, yeah. I, can't remember okay. I remember. Name I, remember off the top of my head. I can I can see it in my eye. Yeah. I remember seeing that in the yearbook. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. So, uh, but had him in the torture rack, told him, told everyone I was going to be a pro wrestler. And then still, still the, going through it. Uh, my, uh, right after my senior year of college, or sorry, high school. Uh, I was looking to go train at, uh, the Can-Am wrestling school in Windsor, but, uh, I didn't have the money. So, uh, I found a wrestling school in Toledo through a bar job I was working at. And I trained there, um, by two guys who probably shouldn't have been training people, truth be told. And then. Probably about uh, almost 12 years ago now, I met uh, Crimson when he was still CK3. And I've been wrestling with him, traveling with him. Actually got the opportunity to train at the Can-Am Dojo in Windsor, which is where Petey Williams, Chris Saban, Alex Shelley, Tyson Dukes, all trained uh, with Scott DeMore. So. Okay. And it's... I've loved wrestling since 1992. I still love it today, and I'll probably love it the rest of my life. Now, here's my question. How would you, I guess, ex- describe knowing at that specific moment that's what you want to do for like your entire life? Like Maybe not just wrestling, but for anyone that's listening and tuning in right now. I, I guess, like you know how you, you, you in religion, they, they explain how like receiving like the Holy Spirit, like you know it when you know it. Is that kind of like the same thing? Like, is it a sensation, a feeling, or is like a, a light bulb go off in the head when like you know at that exact moment that's what you want to do for the entire life? It's more of a light bulb kind of situation, I'd, I'd say. You know, it 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 clicked with me. I've I've watched it so much growing up, and I really I have to thank. It. Uh, I had a babysitter when I, when I was younger and she was a wrestling fan. And so whenever I was over there, we, she'd have wrestling on and I was just fascinated by it. She was a WCW person. She, she had WCW Saturday night and the morning shows. And then I found WWF. I was never, I was more of a WCW person at the start. And then probably right around the stone cold era, I was like, WWF's where it's at. And then in junior high is when I started getting into, Oh wait, there's other wrestling, which is like ECW and getting tapes from Japan and watching uh, like, like, Bobby was saying, uh, Dr. Death, Steve Williams, who is still my favorite wrestler, God rest his soul, uh, him and uh, Big Van Vader are my top two because they were big dudes who could move and were so athletic and agile. And I was like, well, this little fat kid from Millbury, Ohio, he's like, I want to do that. So um, it was definitely more of a light bulb situation and then never turning it off 
You know what I mean? Never thinking that I can't do this. I, I just, it was always, I can do this. I'm going to do this, even if it's only one match. And then after that, we'll see what's going on and we'll take it to the next match. That's funny that you say that. That's that's 100% the same way I got into wrestling was my babysitter. It was her daughter, my babysitter's daughter. But she would have these VHS tapes of uh, WF, I think probably around 93, 94. So um wasn't the greatest era. But as a kid being, what, 93, 94, probably five, six years old, um, it was pretty awesome seeing all those guys. I vividly remember like seeing Doink the Clown and shit and just um, – thinking he was awesome but yeah from that point man um i was hooked so same that's that's pretty funny that you say that but uh my thing is too and i i hope i don't come off the wrong way but i feel like since we're we're kind of in the same boat here um physically uh it, it won't come off too hastily but like when you first started obviously you're not what they call the prototypical physique for a wrestler you know most guys come in there trying to look uh, like John Cena or some shit Hulk Hogan all jacked up and stuff so when you first tried to uh, get rolling and, and start training shit were guys like laughing you off or were I mean were they giving you a chance because um, you kind of showed them that you were you know weren't fucking around like you were in it to win it or, or how, how was that at first for you uh, no, I, I don't think, well, first off, when I started, I, I was wrestling for like, think of really, really bad wrestling companies that you may have heard of or seen clips of on the internet and then drop it below that. And that's where I started. It'd be, it was a fire, a fire station in new Straitsville, ohio which has a population of about 40 and a tooth count of about seven <laughs> um and i'm thankful for those don't don't get me wrong i'm thankful for those days because it made me appreciate what i what i've accomplished even more because i was able to get out of that situation but um so really when i started wrestling when i was actually starting to do shows and stuff I was the best wrestler on these God awful cards. So I actually was getting a little bit of an ego ahead ahead of myself and getting ahead of myself. And then once I started uh, talking with uh, Crimson, who I call CK because he used to wrestle as uh, CK three. Once I started talking to him, I was like, Oh, I don't know shit. But, I was by that time I was able to get uh, the biggest thing in pro wrestling is, is knowing how to breathe and knowing how to not tire yourself out too quickly, you know, get gassed is what we call it. But by the, by the time I had met CK, I had a little bit more of a grasp on how to, how to breathe properly. And, you know, I, I was weighing about 280. Um, so I wasn't nearly as big as I got probably about two years ago. Uh, so I was at 280. I was still able to move well. And, uh, you know, my wrestling, while it wasn't god awful, it was mediocre at best. And I was able to get better and I was able to breathe and, and wrestle for 10, 15 minutes at a time. You know, so that's the, that's the critical thing when it, we tell 
uh, new students is that cardio is key. You got to learn how to breathe. You have to be able to, you know, not tire out in less than 10 minutes. So you ever go? Uh, I don't know if I answered your question. I have, I don't like to because I am deathly afraid of fights. And did you land it? Are you like, are you just Rick Flair every time? No, I landed it. I've also, I've taken a top rope superplex. Like it's, it's like, I'll go up there if I, if, if need be, but you know, I don't trust a lot of wrestling rings because well, I am a bigger dude. That makes sense. Well, now I, I would say like, especially the ones that like flip off the top rope, the execution has to be perfect. I would imagine, or there's gonna be some serious injury. Unfortunately, or I, I should jump the gun. Say, unfortunately, have you ever had an incident like that where, I mean, the I guess the calculation of the move um, was not calculated correctly, and someone got seriously I've, injured. I mean, I mean, it happens. Uh, I have a scar over nothing top rope, but uh, I have a scar over my left eye where I got 13 stitches because I was hitting my own finisher, which was uh, uh, a fisherman uh, brain buster. I didn't, I I rushed the maneuver uh, and I didn't have control of the guy's leg all the way. So when I picked him up and I dropped him, his knee came down and gashed me right on the, right on the forehead and so it was my fault and i mean accidents happen it's it's pro wrestling you just hope that they're minor accidents and i've been very blessed i'm gonna knock on the wood table i got here i've been very blessed uh to not have serious injuries from wrestling so far you know i've gotten knocked loopy uh, sprained ankles here and there but uh I've never broken a bone or torn anything. So I've been very, very blessed in my 16 years of wrestling. That's um, good. I know the game's changed a little bit these days, but along the way, Boy, you're telling me. have you, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, blading. Have you ever, you know, drew some color, man? I've always wondered like what that sensation's like. I mean, cause it's gotta just be like a quick, quick thing there so you might not even feel it while while everything's pumping up but uh what have been your experiences with that man and what's that like i've done it twice and uh i don't mind blood in wrestling as long as it makes sense sure you know what i mean if it's if it's something worthy of it and and this isn't even t- this isn't even talking about deathmatch wrestling. I love deathmatch wrestling. No, I, I I could never do it. I respect the hell out of the guys that do, and I think it's actually gotten leaps and bounds better since it started to become popular. But when it comes to hey, you and me are having a one-on-one wrestling match, there's no need. In in my opinion, there's no need for either of you guys to bleed. You should be trying to prevent that as much as possible. Deathmatch wrestling, however, is a, I understand it's a whole other ball game, and some of the guys who are out there doing it right now have completely 
changed the deathmatch game, like I said, from even 10 years ago. Guys like Ricky Shane Page, uh, Nick Gage, uh, Matt Tremont, who recently retired, but I was a big fan of watching him, never got the pleasure to meet him, and Alex Colon. Those guys are adding something extra to what's going on with the deathmatch scene, and it's it's fantastic. I, I love watching it. Yeah, and then but, uh, overall, like I said, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, oh no, go ahead. Blood. Uh, I mean, blood. If it makes sense, I'll I'll uh, appreciate it, enjoy it, and I actually kind of miss it in the uh, major leagues of wrestling, as you would. I miss it in WWE, and sometimes it's and I, uh, you know, and AEW is using blood, and it it makes sense. And it works out for them. Yeah, and I'm not too much into gore, but I am with you there as far as like the blood aspect of it. It adds that authenticity, or I don't even know if that's even a word. Authentic, I guess, is more of the correct word. Um, but when it makes sense, like you're getting smoked with a barbed wire bat or a chair or, you know, back in the crazy eras of what they do. Uh, that's kind of like when I fell in love. I know you guys both mentioned about babysitters, and that's when you first kind of watched... Uh, wrestling and got into it uh that that kind of happened with me back in uh at my aunt donna's house uh but she had the spin dial tvs and switched it to one of the wrestling shows and it was sting walking down the ring and i fell in love with sting uh he still wrestles bobby was telling me like most tsp listeners know i'm not too much into wrestling anymore unfortunately i kind of fell out of it but you know I would also like to say that Bobby mentioned that you trained Sam Beal, and he has quite the hairstyle. We talked about that. The the Perminator is what we like to call him. And uh, what are your thoughts on, on his hairstyle and the way he's he's going about his business? Well, first, I want to say that I I, I only helped, you know, I, I, CK uh, Crimson and 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 Trey Miguel. Those guys are. The, his his main trainers and you know I, I I've helped him as much as I can with what knowledge I have um, so it's he's a little bit of all of ours really and as for his hairstyle you're talking to a 34 year old man with a faux hawk so I'm I'm nowhere near able to judge him on bad hair or good hair but he's come into his own he is such a talented kid he works he's the hardest working man in the room. Uh, he wants it. But on top of that, we've been very, very blessed with a bunch of really good, talented kids at skull and bones, you know, guys like Kenny Urban, uh, Jason page, Eli Shelton. Um, those guys are just young upcoming and they're hungry, you know, and we appreciate all of their work. Uh, Ace Miles, who uh, he wrestles as, uh, he, he's come up with a new character, and the Sherman Walker is his new name, and he's doing a moonshiner gimmick, and it's just we've been really lucky, and I appreciate it, and we only want guys who are as hungry as they are coming to Skull and Bones and getting that work in. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. And what's really awesome right now is you got people like Sam, Trey Miguel, 
um, from the city of Toledo that are out here, uh, you know, putting on, man, putting on for the city. Uh, Trey Miguel's, you know, pretty much a mainstay now on Impact. Sam Beal's made a couple of uh, appearances uh, most recently on a pay-per-view, which is incredible. Uh, what's really awesome is he goes up, does the pay-per-view, and then uh, the next morning comes and drops me off a T-shirt, man. What a guy. He's he's doing it. He's putting the work in, you know, cutting his teeth there. And um, I respect it. Uh, definitely going to be following him on the way. And um, I'm going to be reaching out to Trey Miguel, too. I definitely want to get him on the show because, yeah, I just I think it's awesome that uh, people from this area are, uh, you know, climbing up the ranks, man. It's really, really fucking awesome. I mean, that's one of our goals at Skull and Bones. And uh, I apologize for getting free advertising on your air, but that's uh, it's it's one of our goals. We want to put Toledo on the map as one of the cities that has the best wrestlers in the business. You know, um, our training school, We, I, I mean, we take it super serious. And uh, despite my happy-go-lucky demeanor, when I wrestle and you know, I mean, as cool as a cucumber as I, you, I, you may have thought I was in high school, I am deadly serious about pro wrestling. So when you show, I, I am, I'm a bulldog when it comes to coaching and training, I want things done correctly. I expect your hardest effort. Um, if you don't get it right, that's fine. But you know, I expect you to give me your all. I expect you to give me your best. And if if I uh, think you're not doing that, as, as Sam and any one of those students can attest, I, I'm I'm not as happy-go-lucky as I may seem. But that's just because I'm passionate. You know, wrestling's been my one true love since 1992, and she is a fickle mistress. <laughs> Who um who would you like a name or two that no one maybe knows now, but you could see in the next you know two three four five years um kind of starting to to uh, jump those hurdles like Sam and Trey. Well, I think Sam still has a lot of hurdles to uh, to jump, but any one of uh, any one of those kids that I've I previously mentioned Sherman Walker, Ken Urban, Jason Page, Eli Shelton. Um, if, if those guys want to go after it, I see nothing in their way stopping them. Um, and then, you know, a couple of guys who, uh, trained down in Dayton who, uh, who have started to come up here, uh, that I appreciate so much are Damian Chambers from Columbus, Ohio and, uh, Crash Jackson who lives in Dayton, who's starting to make waves and make a name for himself. But the 100% gold star prospect that within five years, everyone's going to know is a 16 year old girl from, uh, from Kentucky named Billy Starks. She is the hardest working teenager I've ever met. And she's, we've been blessed to have her come up to the school. She actually has a skull and bone scholarship where she can come up here and train whenever she wants. Um, and everyone's going to know her name when she turns 18 because she'll be signed immediately. Wow. Okay. You heard it here I'm first. Be, I'm going to be on the lookout. 
is the um we've got a couple more things and then we'll, we'll get you out of here um but i am curious does the school will you guys ever be running like any kind of shows out of that school or is it strictly train and, and that's it strictly training um okay. there's uh plenty of really good wrestling going on in toledo right now uh as we record this, uh, after we get done, I am going to watch Ruthless Pro Wrestling, which um, is a really great company in Toledo, and they're doing a lot of good things. So uh, there's no need for us to run shows. And then Live Pro Wrestling in Fremont, which is run by my boy Tim Horner Jr. If you're out that way, I highly recommend them. I will be wrestling with them once they start back up, I think sometime in May, hopefully. Awesome. That was, that was going to be my follow, follow-up question was uh, if you're still still doing shows. So I know obviously last year kind of put a put a damper on, all, on everything, but uh, you still uh, still out there doing it, huh? Mm-hmm. Still hungry, man. Like uh, last year in March, I uh, made a big post about how I was passionate about it and was still hungry and wanted to give her one more good run. And then April hit and everything shut down. So I'm still hungry. I still want to go out there. I still want to wrestle wherever, whenever, whoever. And I've, uh, I've dropped 40 pounds in the last year and a half. And I, uh, I've been studying the new style of wrestling, which, like you said earlier, is just so much different than what was going on when I started. So I'm adapting my game to keep up with these young punks. And, uh, you know, I want to get after it. So let's go. Oh, yeah. I wish you the best of luck on that as well. And I have a two-parter for you. Now, we learned with Sam Beal, or I should say I learned. Bobby already knew. But wrestling and just being in the career of wrestling, it involves a lot of travel. Now, what are some of the best venues that you have been to, uh, maybe for just to watch or even, I guess, be a part of? And I guess the second part of that question would also be the food. Obviously, you're in town, you're in areas that you haven't been before, so you want to try some places you have never tried. What are those hole-in-the-wall places, um, some best meals that you remember? Um. Venue-wise, I love uh, the amphitheater in Cleveland. It used to be called the Jacobs Pavilion. I can't remember what it's called currently, but it was downtown Cleveland, right on right on the river. Uh, it was the annual home for that uh, for Pro Wrestling Ohio Prime Wrestling's Big Show Resolution. It's such an awesome venue. It was outdoors. We got always got really lucky with the weather, and it fit. 2000 people in there and uh, I absolutely loved it. I also, I also was very lucky and I got to travel uh, Newfoundland for a week and I wrestled in all throughout the province of Newfoundland and every show was in a hockey arena and I actually, and the two big shows were in the major cities of Grand Falls, Windsor and St. John's and they were in their big hockey arenas. And that was the time I got to meet Roddy Piper. So it was a really cool moment for me and a moment where I, uh, 
met one of my idols. And so that building, those buildings will always hold a special memory to me as well. As for the food, um, the, the problem is, is a lot of times with wrestling, you don't get to visit these hole in the walls because you're in town for such a short time. Uh, it, it's, you're very lucky if you can find the diners and, and whatever that are open late night. Uh, probably one of my favorite spots that we travel whenever we go up to the upper peninsula is Tony's diner up in, uh, Birch run where you get the monster sandwiches. They sell pounds of bacon and I love that place. If you like, if you love diner food and you love a lot of it, Tony's diner is the spot to be. My picture might be up on the wall there at, at some point because uh, the place is incredible, man. But, and this is this is a name drop, so I apologize. But uh, it's Rhino's favorite place to stop when uh, traveling up to the UP and whatnot. And I've traveled with Rhino consistently for ten years. And uh, he's helped me greatly, but uh, he always loves to stop at Tony's when we're on our way to the UP. It's about that time where we bring in the segment of the week, and that's going to be Around the Mill with Dylan. And we like to also bring the guest opinions on these as well, so we kind of save it towards the end of the episode um, and kind of get thoughts on either A, my thoughts and opinions or something that just popped up within the week's previous recording. So try to stay current here on TSP for the new listeners uh, that are just joining on this episode and what episode it's been thus far. But a couple things here. Now, Saturdays are not just for recording TSP sometimes. Apparently, uh, there's this new hashtag sensation going on that's called Catterdays, where cat lovers around the world are posting pictures of their cats and their snuggly, nibbly, uh, cat furry friends and hashtagging Catterday, and uh, it's been trending. It's been trending every Saturday for the past couple of Saturdays. I'm not a cat person whatsoever. I'm not. I can't speak for both of you guys. I'm more of a dog person. Uh, but I, I've noticed also having kids, and the more kids that I have, the less need or want I have for pets. So, what are your guys' opinions on this? Are you cat person, dog person, or are you just neutral on pets alone? What What, what are your guys' thoughts on Catterday? You can uh, you can tackle it's the this most first. Ridic- it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard because everyone knows Saturdays are for the boys. Exactly. There you first go. First and foremost. But animal wise, I love animals. I love all of them. You know, if you if you had to make me choose, I'm more of a dog person. I don't mind cats, but uh, you know, give me a dog any day of the week, and uh, I'll have a new best friend. Um. It's really, really bizarre that Catterday is a thing to me. I don't know why. Just this. Find something. Go outside. <laughs> That's what I say. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. Um, I have a cat. I was against getting one, but I lost my vote three to one. Uh, this cat's kind of a fucking rambunctious asshole. But at the end of the day, uh, I don't mind it uh, as much. We'll see at this new house. If he tears up the new house, I don't know. He might be an outside cat. But, yeah, I've always, I mean, growing up, we had a cat too, but we always, 
we had dogs, man. We had we we had a Rottweiler and a Datsun growing up. So, and then my we have my parents now have two more Rottweilers. So, uh, they're definitely more of a dog people. But yeah, I mean that's kind of catter. I mean, what a weird hashtag. But anymore, I guess there's something for everything now. And us even <laughs> saying that the hashtag is is odd we'll get some sort of backlash 10 years from now about it but that's just uh that's that's the internet for you yeah and i always use the analogy of dogs are more like the the family member and cats are more like a a roommate because you don't really have to take care of the cat as much like you feed them and all that stuff change the litter box but more so than not i mean the dogs you have to pamper them you know you have to take them out all that stuff clean up their poop outside all that but you know you know i'm talking about Cats just do their own thing. They just do their own damn thing. But I don't like it. I don't like them. Anyways, moving on to the next segment, or like topic in this segment, is going to be the Horowitz. Horowitz. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Horowitz story. I don't know if you've heard about this, but Zachary Horowitz, Horowitz collected nine, or excuse me, collected $690 million from investors for movie deal so that were basically false. So he's false, like falsifying these movie deals from Netflix um, and HBO and going to these investors. And what he would do is saying that he has like these deals with them. And then the investors would invest mo- uh, money into what they thought were movie plans. So he's just pocketing all this money instead of it actually going to these falsified movie plans. And he's been doing this and collected over $690 million worth of investors' money. Uh, he's been doing this for years. So basically, he would get investors' money and then pay off others' investors' money with another investor's money, if that makes sense. So it's like a full circle of money going on, but it's never his money. He's pocketing the deals and he's paying off loans with other loans. And then, it, you know, it just caught up to him. And then uh, he he still owes like $235 million of unpaid. And uh, obviously, the investors are suing him and going after him now. This has been a top story. I wish I had more details on it, but I'm a cheap ass that doesn't want to pay $8 a week for LA Times uh, subscription. So I got I got the bits and parts of it, kind of glued it together. It's uh, Zachary Horwitz, genius in Hollywood. Well, well, this has been a very heavy, heavily uh, wrestling-themed podcast. So um, shout out to Barry Horowitz. I feel like I got to sh- throw that out there. Um, <laughs> a long time jobber of the wwf way back in the day some people might know who that is but um i had to throw that in there real quick no you know you're fine but imagine collecting that much money man this has been going on for years 690 million dollars of investors money of falsified hbo netflix contracts and i guess like yeah la times uh wrote an article about it that i can't can't see unless i pay eight dollars a week for it um so i i just it's a little a little too rich for me when there's a lot of other free things out there um but i guess moving on if you guys had any opinions on that at all uh you know it's crazy i actually i just read that uh last night as well and i also i was very tempted to pay the eight dollars uh <laughs> because that it's such a fascinating it's a ponzi scheme it, he's the bernie yeah. he's the bernie madoff of hollywood and it, I, he's been arrested. I read he was arrested earlier this month uh, from the articles I've read. And yeah, just it 
pretty much all the details that you had. He was a B movie actor who, uh, who in the age of multiple streaming sites, uh, Netflix, Hulu, whatnot, uh, got one over on people. He said, yeah, I got all these deals with all these companies. And he had forged documents on proper letterheads and whatnot. And I'm a big movie buff. So like that article really fascinated me. And I was, like I said, I was so tempted to pay the $8 for uh, one week but it'll be very interesting to see where this goes, and I can't wait for next week when the Netflix documentary debuts on it, I'm sure. Oh, it's going to be – yeah, I'll have to watch that for sure because not only Netflix makes good documentaries, um, it'd be one that is quite interesting to know like the full details uh, throughout that documentary and actually see some, I guess, the sides and the viewpoints from the investors that were conned. And maybe even, you know, Zachary's input as well if he gets on the uh, the documentary. 100%. Um, Dylan, though, before, before we uh, run th- last past the last uh, bit of the show here, we got anything else in this segment? No, that wraps it up. All righty. Um, so we got two more things for you. I'm going to ask the question that we ask at the end of each interview with guests, and that is, Knowing what you know today, what is one thing you would tell your 18-year-old self? It gets better. Simple as that. I would tell my 18-year-old self, keep your head down. It gets better. There's uh, big things in your future. And Respect do that, the man. work. There it is. Easy as that. It's simple. It's, I mean, it's cut, cut and dry. Um. And even even today, you know, you'll run into a, a bad day, bad week, bad month, and you just gotta sit and tell you, you know, this month has fucking sucked ass, but it's gonna get better, man. You just gotta keep uh, keep trucking, and then eventually you'll you'll get over that hill. So I, I like that. I like that a lot, man. Um, and the end off, I've kind of been forgetting to do it the last couple of weeks, but I've just been asking random top threes to our guests, um, and I'm gonna hit you with. It doesn't have to be in any specific order. Give us your top three potato chip flavors. Uh, number one, Ruffles All Dressed. Uh, okay, that's the Canadian thing, right? It, it, yep. I had I first got hooked on them in uh, Newfoundland, and every time I go to Canada, I would grab a bag, and they finally released them in the states. And I could eat those every day. Before you get naming uh, off, because I haven't had them yet, so I'm curious. What? How would you describe the taste, like, or the flavor? So, I mean, they have a, a they're a heavy on the vinegary flavor, but you also, I mean, it's you get smoky, you get sweet. Um, it's it's like a barbecue meets it with like vinegar it's it's very hard to describe what an all dressed chip tastes like other than absolutely freaking delicious uh but but you get hit with a little bit of little bit of every flavor in the profile you know what i mean um i highly recommend if you haven't tried them give them a shot you know they're not going to be for everybody but i love them and then you know, the, the, the 
sour cream and onion are always a good a good choice. And then uh, Ball Ricks just came out with a sweet Thai chili potato chip. That's fantastic. And wow. I talk about I talk about junk food a lot with uh, a friend of mine from Windsor, uh, Jeffrey Scott, who runs a Facebook page called uh, Junk Food Jeff. So I learn all about the new snacks. He's he he's the baby D of Facebook. If you've ever seen Next Friday, <laughs> yeah, knows all about all the two thousand snacks. Okay, um, all the that's new awesome. snacks, all the two thousand <laughs> snacks. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, that's great, man. I, I like that. I got. I would, I would definitely have been wanting to try the all dressed. Uh, I've seen a couple of my friends try them. Uh, I just recently, like last year, all of a sudden came uh, infatuated with salt and vinegar chips. So if it's got like a vinegary taste to it, I'm gonna love those. So I'm gonna have to get get a bag. Maybe I'll get one later today. I gotta stop by the store for a few things. But um, it's been great, man. It's been awesome catching up. It really has. Like I said, hopefully after after today, um, you know we. Can, can uh, stay in touch, you know, a little more regularly. And, um, you know, I'll be keeping an eye out. If you do any shows around here, um, I definitely will be interested to come check it out. And um, it's just been awesome. Like I said earlier, dude, um, you, uh, you know, you faced some adversities and a lot of, a lot of stupid shit back in the day. And uh, you just kept going down the straight and narrow uh, rather than veering off, you know, uh, into some, some dark shit or, or, uh, stooping down like i said to to the same levels some of those people from back then so i salute you on that man keep going and uh, you definitely got uh full support from from tsp here and uh we got to bring you back sometime so thank you for coming on man i appreciate it man absolutely uh and before we get out of here plug plug the socials plug the school all that stuff one more time uh before we get you out uh on uh Twitter, I am at Brian underscore Castle. That's B-R-Y-A-N. On Instagram, I am Brian underscore Castle 1987. I was originally just Brian Castle, but it got hacked. Um, Skull and Bones Pro Wrestling Academy and Fitness on Facebook is the wrestling school. And that's how you can get a hold of us to if you want to start training. Uh, we're going to start... Uh, a new class on Monday and then we are now going to be doing a 12 week program so keep your eye out on that social media for when the next class will start boom there it is and if you guys need any information um, and somehow aren't able to get a hold of him hit us up and uh, we'll try to you know bridge the gap there but uh, Dilo 107 another banger man uh, this has been a great great five six weeks for the show um just been uh awesome guests and new guests week after week just gonna be you and me next week so uh it's gonna be a little different kind of uh gonna be kind of a weird there but uh 108 will be good nonetheless but for now you know what to do as always wrapping it up here for tsp season four has just been a blast all together appreciate everyone uh who's have have hopped on with us including brian here with the latest 107 Thanks again for your time. Uh, be sure to go check out um, any of, of the prospects that he's mentioned because they're going to be coming up in the next five years. He said, be sure to check them out. 
Be sure to check us out on all our social media platforms for all the latest TSP, all the latest episodes, news, updates, anything like that. You're going to get it first at Talking Shop Pod on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Be sure to check it out. Uh, thanks again for everyone tuning in. We'll catch you next week. As Bobby stated, just the two TSP guys for the first time in a long time. Uh, should be an interesting episode. Be sure to tune in. Have a wonderful week, friends. All righty.